Hey, oh, calling to get some juicy updates. Give me a ring. Style Business Podcast, where we teach you the secret sauce to make millions in your sleep, in your spare time, on the weekends, without even breaking a sweat. Today, I'm joined by the chairman of the awesome board, Ian. Welcome to the program, sir. What's going on? Nothing much, man. Hey, thanks to everybody who commented on the blog last week. Great discussion. Actually, some pretty funny stuff going on there. We've got the crying rainbow guy, a response from Joel Runyon, and uh, another discussion with uh, Dave about uh, how he's a badass. So that's definitely worth taking a little look over there at the blog. At the end of today's episode, uh, Ian's going to share two hot email tricks that uh, have changed his attitude towards email, and I'm going to share with you one of the hottest new productivity techniques that's been working for me and my team. But today, we're going to have a different sort of episode. We are going to go through some of our listener questions. The inboxes have been on fire lately, Ian. I don't know. Have you been put a vinyl sign on the side of your car that says, uh, we'll answer your business inquiries, or what's going on over here? <laughs> That's exactly what I did. I'm driving around uh, Southern California with that on the back of my car. Yeah. That's Ian at LifestyleBusinessPodcast.com, everybody. So, Ian, what's the news from you? Uh, I just got back from NYC. Hanging out in NYC, man. Those guys are crazy over there. I don't know. if When is the last time you've been there? Well, I'm going in a couple weeks, but uh, I guess it's been it's been two years at least. Well, me too. I hadn't been there for two years, and it was a blast, man. I, I had a really good time. Would never want to live there. Pretty cool, pretty cool place, though. I, I mean, ran around the town, spent a bunch of money. Now I'm back, man. I'm back, and I'm, I'm ready to work. I didn't get a lot done. You know, I feel kind of guilty. So. <laughs> Here I am. Welcome back to San Diego. I've got no news updates. I've been uh, I've been tropically ambling along, taking uh, very fun long weekends. I've been in the islands. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with all that. One thing, if you uh, at all enjoy the podcast, and if in the, your heart of hearts you would review this podcast as a five or four stars out of five, please go to our iTunes page and give us a review. That'll really help us to get more listeners. We'd really appreciate it if you could just hop over, give us a little review, see, say something nice. If you want to say something mean, that's cool too. Just don't do it on the iTunes page, man. It'll air our dirty laundry. Let's just do that through the emails, back-end channels. I'm happy to have a snarky email exchange with anybody who wants to do that. Anyway, let's hop into the meat and potatoes and get to answering these questions rapid-fire style. We've got five questions today, all from men. Ian really brings up what's Where's our sex appeal? Where's our mojo? And where where are the girls at? I don't think any girls listen to our podcast. If you do, let us know. That would be pretty cool. But I think this is like a this is like a a, a co-ed sport where just guys play. Hey man, yeah. uh, Kim the for some Kim reason. the I'm WordPress sure chick man. She listens to our podcast, so That's you got to give a shout That's to true. Kim. Hey, okay, let's get started. The first question is, uh, Mark, I'd like to hear a podcast about how it is for you in the Philippines. What did you expect? What surprised you? What's different from here than in the USA? Well, Mark, that's a pretty darn big question, but uh, I like big questions. Let's launch into it. The first impression of the Philippines was, as someone who's a seasoned traveler in Asia, this place is not like the rest of Asia. In some ways, it's 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 it's, it's a very American in some ways, and culturally it feels... Uh, 
sort of American, architecturally, maybe South American, more of the Spanish, uh, rebarb and concrete kind of construction. I guess I didn't expect the Philippines to be in the urban centers so depressing. Frankly, it's <laughs> there's not much to do. There's no street food. There's not a lot of culture and exoticism like there is in the rest of uh, Asia. Um, really, the national pastime here is is going to malls, and uh, that's the best thing going on in the Philippines. Manila has nary a park for you to walk in, but plenty of malls. The contrast to that, Mark, is that the countryside is phenomenal and unspoiled, and if you want to adventure, go island hopping, see gorgeous turquoise lagoons and limestone cliffs and all that stuff that you dream about, you're going to find it here in the Philippines and you're going to find it off the beaten track and you're going to be the only one standing there. And uh, that's the stuff that I really love about this country. In terms of the people, people are great. You know, the culture is young, uh, similar in the sense that uh, they're still figuring out their cultural identity. Uh, They don't have long 3,000-year-old traditions like in uh, other Asian countries that you might be more familiar with. So that's just a brief overview, man. I've talked so much about the Philippines. We've really got to drill down into a, a whole episode on that stuff, but I think those are my first impressions, Mark, is that when you get to the Philippines, it's pretty easy to understand from my perspective why this isn't a tourist's hotspot. You know, pretty much the main tourist group here are the scuba divers. It's not as beautiful, as exotic, and as uh, clean and elegant as a place like Thailand or, or even Vietnam. So yeah, that's my first impression of the Philippines. Let's move on to the second question, Ian. Um, Serge looks like he might be moving uh, to Asia with his wife. Uh, I was looking for a quiet island, maybe somewhere where they can beach, dive, kayak, windsurf. Their partying years are behind them. Yeah, right, Serge, who are you kidding? Come on, Serge. Everybody who says that. If we, with a name like Serge, man, he used to be the life of the party. It, it's like when somebody starts a sentence and they're like, I'm not racist, but, you know? <laughs> It's like, right. Anyways, uh, Serge is looking for a recommendation. He needs uh, good Wi-Fi, and they're not big spenders. Uh, maybe a beach house? What do you think, Dan? Ooh, man, that's tough. That's a huge question. It really depends on what you're going for. And let me just paint some really broad strokes. If you want to hire and set up a business with which to run cash through, you want to come to the Philippines. A great place to do what you're talking about, Serge, in the Philippines is Dumaguete. Check into that. If you want... A first world experience with developing world prices. You want to go to Thailand. Thailand is very much the first world. And they've got everything there. And it's clean. And it's beautiful. And it's interchangeable with Southern California and the French Riviera in some parts. But it's cheap. And, uh, you know, you can live in Thailand. A couple could stay for 1500 bucks a month and live like kings. I mean, you could live great on $1,500 a month. Uh, Sean, we were paying Sean 800 bucks a month to live in Bangkok. He had a nice little place. Uh, he had a nice lifestyle. Was not digging into his savings. Great food in Thailand. You got to hand it there. If you want something that's a little bit more adventurous, Vietnam's a great spot. You can live like kings in Vietnam for a thousand dollars a month. And a great spot to look into there is Nha Trang, and that's very much more exotic. I mean, you're going to have to understand the Vietnamese culture a little bit more. There's going to be a little bit more hiccups in terms of getting your Wi-Fi set up and dealing with you know whatever paperwork you got to do. But Vietnam has even better food, and it's very exotic. Good times. Great great motorcycling in all three locations. So those are, that's just a, a brief 
pass on three countries that could potentially work out for you. One thing you got to say about Thailand, Ian, is that it certainly has high level of user satisfaction. I mean, if you're not someone like me that's been bopping around Asia for the last 10 years on and off, I might be pushing it a little bit and I want to go further afield. But if, if it's your first time to make that transition, Thailand's got training wheels on. It's still got all that exotic stuff and it's very cheap and everybody that moves there just loves it. I haven't, I can't remember the last person who was like, yeah, this Thailand move didn't really work out for me. Yeah, Thailand, I, I totally agree with you on the Thailand. On the Thailand call, it sounds like Serge is looking for uh, a place to do a lot of Western things, kayak, surf, uh, hang out with people around campfires, things like that. You can definitely do that in Thailand. I think Vietnam is, a, is more like the Philippines in that you'll find probably less of that, but also a good choice. My sense is that Bali is a little bit more comparable to Thailand. We're going to find out pretty soon, but uh, you know, Bali per Sean Ogle is, is a tad cheaper than Thailand as well. So worth looking into Bali too. Another advantage to Bali and Thailand is that there's a lot a lot of Westerners over there trying to do this thing. You know, if you want to be more locally prominent, if you go to a place like Vietnam or Philippines, you're going to be one of the only people doing it, and so you're going to have that kind of big fish, small pond thing, but you're also going to have, you're going to negate that community factor that you would have in a place like uh, Thailand, and a little bit less so in Bali. So those are just some uh, entry-level places. If you have some further questions on that, we can riff further. Sean Ogle's blog at Location 180 is a great resource to look into some of this stuff as well. He's written about a lot of these locations, including Manila. So let's move on to the next question now, yeah? So number three, this comes from Josh. Josh, this is a product question from Josh, so it's uh, right up my alley. My question is, do I need to look into patenting a product that needs to be manufactured? How do I protect my ideas? The second part of his question is about outsourcing the website. Uh, Dan, maybe you can handle that. I'll handle the front end here. I guess it really depends on what kind of product you are planning on selling. Should you pro- should you patent your product? Maybe, probably not. My best advice and what we generally do is we run as fast as we can with what we have. So generally patent a product costs thousands and thousands of dollars and, and, and hundreds of hours and very lengthy process. And a lot of times you're doing this and you don't even know if your product's going to be successful in the marketplace, if it's manufacturable, if the price point's right. So my advice would be this, Josh, get your idea out as quick as possible. Try to sell it as fast as possible. Once you start generating revenue from the product that you produce, then look into protecting it. Nobody is uh, looking over your shoulder and there's probably no cameras hidden in your office, people trying to steal your ideas. I Trust me, I, I'm pretty paranoid guy. I realize that's not the case. So my advice would be uh, go to market as fast as possible with your product and worrying about uh, patenting and protecting your ideas down the line once they're actually profitable. Josh, two quick rules of thumb. Number one, if it's a question and you're not really sure if it should be patented or not, as a rule of thumb, I'm just going to put this out there. Forget about it. Here's the thing. Patenting is a big deal and it's something that is generally only profitable for bigger companies. If you know you need a patent, then go get one. And if you're not at that point yet, when you know, just start selling stuff. And eventually you're going to get to the point where you're going to know. Covering your ass on this stuff is is really not the highest priority. It's developing cash. And when you get to that level and you start to launch whole new product lines that are tailored for a certain industry or something, then you're going to know. And then you're going to get the right people involved. To start out the gate, generally rule of thumb... I'm not going to do the due diligence on the stuff. I'm going to start getting into business. Now, the second thing Josh should take in mind is I don't know if you heard the weariness in Ian's voice there, but he sounds a little downtrodden, maybe a little depressed. 
maybe not so confident in himself this week. And, and Josh, if you're going to get into the product business, man, you just have to have that fire in your heart. It is so hard, man, to make real products. You know, my suggestion to you is to write an ebook, start a podcast, do coaching, you know, sell get rich quick schemes, Josh, anything. But putting yourself in the position that Ian's in right now, which is selling products, and it's, it is just a slog, brother. It is a slog. <laughs> Josh, he is 100% right. <laughs> I've had, uh, I, I was on, as, as some of you know, I'm on some supplements right now for high blood pressure. That's related to product development and manufacturing. <laughs> I mean, really, this is, this is not somewhere you want to head. But uh, one more point. Well, you, ha- you have a disease called product development, and the main symptom is high br- blood pressure. Yeah. Oh, don't forget about quality well, control well, and, and overhead costs and manufacturing and, oh, geez, it doesn't end. It doesn't. Make sure that that's really your passion and then get into it. Absolutely get into it. One more point is there are ways to cheaply cover yourself. It's called a provisional patent. A lot of times that you can write these yourself. It costs about $99 to file with the USPTO.gov, I believe. And so what you want to do is you want to write that provisional patent as best as you can because the verbiage from that provisional patent is um, used to write your utility patent. I'm assuming that's what you're going for. So make sure it's a tight provisional patent. That's a cheap way to get yourself uh, protected for one year. Rocking. All right. One more thing. I know nothing about work. WordPress or Weebly. Once I know my product can be made, should I just outsource the creation of that site? You know, run the thing like Tim Ferriss suggests in the four-hour work week? How should I go about doing that? And well, here's the thing. I wouldn't get caught up on the whole shopping cart shebang up front because you're going to get yourself into some difficult development situations. You want to go with the phone number, baby. Phone number. Yeah. So that's exactly right. You've got the right idea, Josh. Start out with a Weebly site. That works for me. Go to Weebly, get your own domain, Pop up a site that clearly describes the product, the value proposition, the benefits, has great photos, maybe even a video, and start driving people to that site and start talking to potential customers. If, if you want to take the next step up, if you could install, say, thesis theme or headway theme and put that up on your self-hosted Bluehost account, uh, you know, go buy a domain at GoDaddy, get Bluehost, install thesis or headway, you know, do a simple theme, don't get it custom designed or anything like that, get a simple logo up at the top and just start driving traffic to that thing. That's the biggest thing. You know, once your product starts making money, Josh, then you can start asking the hard questions. Am I going to go to Drupal? Am I going to get Magento? How am I going to check people out on the back end? Those are questions that you want to make sure you got some sales before you start answering those questions. Josh, we've sold products off renderings and phone numbers, man. That's the way to go. Yeah, buddy. Get yourself in the game as fast as possible. Yeah, buddy. That's a hustle. I mean, you know, 95% of the people that listen to this advice are going to spend the next four weeks bopping around in their CSS templates or their WordPress and all this junk. And I got my autoresponder and all this stuff. Just sell something. Phone number, product, booyah. What's the next question? Next question comes from Kenneth. Kenneth? Would absolutely love to start a business so have freedom. He's extremely motivated. So what he's looking for is he can't find a good business partner. Can you give him some advice? Well, as it happens, I think that we can. I fell in love with Dan about four years ago. Um, We've since... We've since uh, had many disagreements. um, And here we are today. So I think... um, the the ideal thing about business partners, and I don't know, Dan, if you can back me up on this, maybe you feel differently, but is really finding somebody that you feel like is a long-term fit because, as you know, you will become married to this person for the next 5, 10, 50 years of your life. So it's really about the long term. Okay, here's the thing. 
If you can't find a business partner, it's because you're not providing any value. It's easy to find business partners when you have a value to provide. So one thing you can do, Kenneth, is check out our episode called Three Tips to Profitable Networking. And one of the biggest things is you have to be an expert at something. I mean, no, and, and okay, you can also be a capital contributor. If you've got a big, if you've got a big lump of money, that's another way to go. Otherwise, what's going to get you in the door is either previous successes or expertise. And so the first thing you can do is, Kenneth, is mine what you already know. Don't, you know, make it too hard on yourself. Don't set yourself up to go learn something totally new. Mine what you already know. Figure out where your expertise lies and figure out who that's going to be valuable to. There's where you're going to find your group of business partners. Another couple of things about Kenneth's email that pop out at me. He said he would have loved to do the Tropical MBA, but he can't just leave his job. That's a mindset limitation. Of course you can. Of course you can just leave your job. Anybody can just go out and live on the street. Even if you got kids, man, there's street kids everywhere. Come to the Philippines. <laughs> do you, he asked me, do we actually have accreditation? Ian, do you have accreditation, fine sir? Uh, I'm a certifiable <laughs> asshole. I think that's my accreditation. I've been certified to kick ass, yes. No, we don't have accreditation. Kenneth, and if you keep asking questions like that, uh, it's going to hold you back because entrepreneurship is about breaking rules. It's about getting there before there's a degree. It's about not waiting to ask permission from other people. So, Kenneth, let us know if you have any follow-up questions. I know we're being a little smart-ass and everything. Hey, the truth is, Kenneth, is that this stuff's really hard, and I understand it can take years for this stuff to develop. Um, understand that businesses that allow people to travel around the world generally revolve tons of hard work and lots of hustle. And so start hustling, start finding something you can sell, and start doing that immediately. One other thing, Kenneth, is we got this email from your work account, brother. So don't don't send uh, emails to uh, uh, renegade outlaw career guys like us from your work account because that stuff can be monitored. Um, maybe you understand the IT situation there, but uh, generally a no-no, just in general. Thanks, Kenneth. Yeah, so keep uh, keep keep looking for it um i feel like maybe we didn't do kenneth justice maybe we'll have to loop back around to him next episode but uh best of luck kenneth it's tough number five question bo what podcast software are you using i can share that of course on my end i am recording the audio in GarageBand because it, it allows me some editing capabilities on that audio ian records his in audacity and also we edit the program together in audacity and export it as an mp3 and then the WordPress plugin we use on our blog is called Podcasting. It's quite famous. Lots of people use it. Well-developed. Works great. You just uh, free plug-in in the back end of WordPress. You upload your file, your FTP. You put in the file name into Podcasting, and boom, you've got that little embedded play button on your site. That's it. That's the meat and potatoes. Done and done. Thanks for your questions. If you'd like to share your questions, we've got a phone number. That's on the site. You can ask us questions in the comments. That way you'll get a shout with your web link mentioned on the program. Or, of course, you can send us an email, dan at lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. And Ian's got the same thing. So thank you so much. Now we're going to move on to our quick tips, tricks, and or dirty jokes section. Ian, what do you got for us today in terms of dirty jokes? I got a pretty boring one. All right. But I'm going to share it anyways. So I've been doing this thing the past, I don't know, five years of my career. Well, I just write emails pretty much from 9 to 5 Pacific Standard Time. Do you do, do, you do that too? Like, or is that just me? To customers. It, it was quite common right. for me to keep my emails within that time frame so I didn't look like a weirdo or something. Sometimes I would timestamp my emails within office hours so that it looked like I wasn't up at 2 in the morning. Right. And I think that's that's really changing for me. 
too. So not not necessarily to uh, compadres or to friends or anything like that, but customers specifically. I've started to write emails outside of that nine to five cycle. And I think in a couple instances, um, it's really helped me build deeper relationships with clients because I don't know, maybe they see it as I'm working late or working harder, or sometimes, you know, things need to be communicated quicker. And the best way to do it is to write them after hours and have them write you back after hours. So I think the lesson here is that people do business at all different hours, especially now that we're working with offices in China and the Philippines, East to West Coast, things like that. So I think for me, it was really hard to get myself out of that cycle where I just wrote emails uh, during normal business hours. And I think now is what I'm saying is uh, it's okay to do business. It's okay to write emails to your customers after hours as long as you're not drunk. So Okay, so Ian, another rationalization of reasons and ways to do more work. Thank you. I'm sure the audience is appreciative. In fact, my quick tip (laughs) is quite related. But one other quick thing to note about, you had one other quick tip about the email. Yeah, I think it's really important uh, if you're going to do that. A lot of times I write from my my iPhone or my uh, Trio, and it's good to get rid of that stupid, this was written from my iPhone or this was written from my BlackBerry at the bottom of it, as long as you know how to spell the, the right words in your email. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what it is is basically kind of like excuse for not writing a great email and just, you know what, get rid of it and write a great email, man. I don't, I don't dig that. Yeah. And, you know, I want to call out one of my other friends here. I asked him the other day, he sent me an email for an important thing, like an application thing with certain letters were uncapitalized, like the I was uncapitalized. And I wrote him back and I said, what's the deal? Like, it looks like you, you don't care. So what, why didn't you use proper capitalization here? And he said, oh, I never thought about that. And I thought, well, wow. yeah, well, that's a problem. You never thought about it. You know, so of course, you're, the fact that you don't have a consistent format indicates to me that you've never thought about your formatting of the way that you communicate with me, which indicates to me that you're not going to get the job. <laughs> <laughs> one time, you know, that, that brings me to a funny story. One time I, I wrote an email to, uh, it was to a doc, and the doctor wrote me back, and, and words were misspelled, and the same thing, like capitalization was incorrect. <laughs> and I was trying to set up an appointment, and I totally didn't go to my appointment <laughs> with this guy because he couldn't pull it together on the email. So this stuff really has a big impact. It really does. All right, so my productivity method, my way to make yourself, to work yourself like a mule and to get more done, go to Pomodoro Technique.com. Um, This is a technique that is sweeping the nation of internet marketers, people who work with information, GTD fans, people who are trying to find ways to get more done amongst all the clutter and misdirection. Basically, uh, you go there, you learn about the technique, and then you go to e.gg timer. That's like egg timer with an extra dot in there, dot com, which I'll link C up on the blog. And uh, you set the timer to 25 minutes. You identify a task you want to complete. And when you're done with that 25-minute period, you have a five-minute break. And then you rinse, wash, and repeat, sir. It's very simple, but having that time constraint really helps me to get things done. I've, I've experimented with all kinds of this stuff over the past few years, and and I really like choosing tasks and then putting yourself in a, in a time constraint. So Pomodoro Technique, we'll link that up. That's great. Ian, you got anything else to share with this episode? Where are you off to do? What are you going to do now? One more shameless plug for us. Uh, if everybody can go and rate the podcast on iTunes, that would be wonderful. Yeah, that would be great. And um, if you don't like the podcast, please do not review the podcast on iTunes. Just write us a snarky email. We love, uh, we love the haters. We love the lovers. We love our mothers. And we'll talk to you next time. Take care. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Don't be shy. We've got a mailing list, lifestylebusinesspodcast.com. Go there, get yourself signed up, and we'll keep you up to date on 